how much would it how much would somebody have to pay you to eat this or would you eat this voluntarily because i forget whether or not you're a ranch person (laughs) i am both a ranch and ice cream person well you you can't trust anybody who's not an ice cream person fair ranch people though i i do like ranch i am not above hidden valley ranch i would reluctantly or at least skeptically try this so you actually wouldn't have to pay me anything so that's what i feared because <laughs> i forget like i mean again we've we've covered the whole that you have bad opinion you you have um problematic you have cancelable opinions on pepper or on pineapple on pizza and a few other things mm-hmm. uh including on crustables that we might get to but yeah apparently there's a boutique uh this is according to food and wine magazine.com uh there's a boutique kind of the i guess the three twins rest in peace of the east coast it's called van leeuwen <laughs> how would you how would you pronounce i i mispronounced bullet because it's spelled weird how would you pronounce van Le- l-e-e-u-w-e-n just like you did all right extra weird leeuwen okay <laughs> apparently they did a they did a, a collab so it's van leeuwen x mm. hidden valley and they made a um a ranch flavored ice cream as somebody like as i'm getting older i don't really enjoy the sweets I I very like I will enjoy like we're we're approaching spooky season and Halloween's coming up, um, and since I live in a condo building, I, I we're gonna have no trick or treaters. But I will still buy myself some some take five bars. But the pace at which I eat them is one mini bar like every three days. That's that's kind of the total sugar content that I can I can take in my old age. Good good for you. Can you pig out on? this kind of stuff i, I can't like even me, yeah i've got even a, me with like a, got a pint a of ice tube. cream like with a pint of ice cream i can maybe like i'm a gluttonous terrible person in so many ways like i can i can tear through a bag of potato chips that should technically have like seven servings but a pint of ice cream i can do i can knock out maybe like a third of it and then i'm, I'm done which is actually a, a serving i think in most cases um i yeah i similarly used to be able to go through a pint of ben and jerry's you know, no problem, but have, it's been a long time since I've done that. But nevertheless, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a um, connoisseur of desserts. Yeah. Um, I think also of note from this Food and Wine article, which will be in the notes, is the fact that it calls out that this company's, I guess it's a little bit of an older article now, I guess maybe it's been that long since we've recorded. Um, its full spring lineup includes Sweet maple cornbread, blood orange chocolate chip, carrot cake, strawberry shortcake, honey graham cracker, and lemon cello cake. Which, if that last flavor is anything like the Lacroix flavor, I want no part of that. Uh, we're still talking about your curate uh, experience. Oh, that the oh, it's so bad. So they're bad. all so bad. Well, all Lacroix is bad. Even the right, even the 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 unflavored Lacroix is bad somehow they make plain sparkling water bad you just get yourself either a trader joe's house brand or a, a polar or i don't i don't know if um aha or boobly um have a plane but i would probably still take that over the Lacroix one but with the, with this one yeah this is this is an older article has been sitting in my uh show opener uh private channel for a while but yeah this is 
so <laughs> we know from from the makers of Hidden Valley Ranch, one of their the, the associate director for them says, uh, we know that Hidden Valley Ranch goes with just about everything. No, it doesn't. Uh, pizza, carrots, and French fries, but ice cream is a first for us. Don't put ranch on pizza. Blue cheese pizza is an abomination. Carrots, all you should be doing is having that with like a, a tomato or a garlic hummus. And as we've covered, actually, ooh, I I, I need to readdress this. That I we there's been a um a groundswell of support for. I don't think we ever put a name around it, but my philosophy around French fries it's it's sweeping the nation. Oh, that they where, that they, they uh, good French fries don't eat condiments or something like that. No, so there's two. So again, you have like whatever the fuck the the Ryan corollary or whatever the thing where you basically you you wave away the fact that you buy a new phone every year. <laughs> yep. And somehow you basically put yourself up there with T- Theodore Roosevelt. Well, and Apple, and, and Apple ripped off the idea and called it the iPhone upgrade program. But yeah. And and you don't see a dime. From that. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even you don't even get your Apple Fitness uh, Plus a subscription comped. Well, I, I, uh, I, do no, as, I do as an Apple One subscriber. But anyway. That you pay $32 a month for. I was so mad when I upgraded to iOS 17 and I opened up the settings app to like turn off Bluetooth or something. And had this big ass pop up that said, "Hey, do you want to spend thirty two dollars a month to get a bunch of stuff you do not want?" It just, ugh. but my, I'm sorry, but the thing that, in case anybody's new to the show, um, the French fry doctrine, we'll f- come up with a punchy name for it. The first one, the first, the core tenet of it, tenant of it is that you always order the fries wherever you are. If you don't, you run the risk of missing out on the best fries of your life. And then the second lesser component of it, but still very important, is if you're eating fries that need ketchup or some type of condiment, you're probably eating bad fries. Mm-hmm. With the exception that Pico's fries and the uh, companion aiolis, which I, I am being real with myself, I understand it's basically mayonnaise, uh, those do adequately complement the fries. But if it needs ketchup, you're probably in and out, and in which case, you should turn around and go to Super Duper instead. You asked me to start this conversation how much um, someone would have to pay me to try this ranch ice cream. And we would uh, cover that, that you're, a, you're a cheap day and you would be zero. Okay. The, the, more, the more relevant question would be how much I would pay to see you watch somebody dip their french fries in ranch and what your reaction to that would be. Well, I, I don't know if you I feel would like go that's one like of those full like Ron f- Swanson or like, I'm not really sure what you would do, but I would love to see it. I'm, uh, you do love to see it. Uh, I'm <laughs> confrontation. Yeah. Uh, I'm confrontation averse. So I most, oh, I was at total that's, want. That's, on, that, that's, that's, what would, that's what would be, that's what would be really great about it is, uh, is you would, you would want to violently react, but, it, but I feel like, yeah, you would restrain yourself from doing so. But I, I, I think I'd be able to see it in your eyes. Oh, most definitely. Like part of me would die inside. But that's the thing on my tombstone. It will it will literally have just two words, confrontation averse. Mm. Anyway. Uh, he, he died as he lived being frustrated by other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dark, but funny. Where was I? Oh, sure. Yeah. Hey, we, we all have like 10 years at most. We, we don't, we don't, it's, it's all bad. World's not going great. But no, but the... Um, I am judgy about that kind of so are you so we've talked about total wine uh which I don't think you you don't get to because you 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 won't make the trek down to Daly City, but somebody was there, and I, I was trying to look for some particular thing but anyway, somebody was asking if some do you know what barefoot bubbly is 
I've I've seen it. Is, do, you, is, do, you is what, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what Andre is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is Andre? It's just like a like inexpensive like sparkling wine, right? And that's basically what Barefoot is. But somebody asked for a Moscato version of it, and do you know what Moscato is? It's like a like a sweet sparkling wine, right? Yeah. So basically, I was just they they asked for the cheapest possible wine and the sweetest version of that cheap wine, but they asked for it in a way unironically as though they were like asking for like a 78 Bordeaux or something. Like it was very, it's very, very jarring. And then I occurred to myself, Oh yeah, I'm a terribly judgy person and it's, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Um, but yeah. And I, the one other thing there's, uh, before we get into, cause we're gonna talk about a lot of, um, esoteric and in the weeds, Apple stuff, but, uh, the, Uh, the Wall Street Journal dedicated like 1,500 words to Uncrustables. And as a joke, I have been thinking about, oh, it'd be a funny thing for the show to to buy some. I was at Target, which we might get to for other reasons, because uh, I, th- I think Target's kind of over. Um, Might expand on that later. But I was thinking about like, oh, should I buy some Uncrustables just as a joke? There's no appealing flavor even as a junk food of Uncrustables, is there one that you recommend as a go-to? So the, one of the funny things about um, our in, dynamic in le- is that sure. you f- you think I'm some like Uncrustables fanatic or that it's been something that I've, you know, that I go to regularly. The, the, the one time that you're thinking of where you've seen me eat an Uncrustable is literally the one and only time I've ever had one. <laughs> I feel like you've brought it up multiple times was, unprompted yeah it was it was it's a bit was a bit of a a bit of an inside joke with a, a friend of mine and i and I, I think i've then kind of expanded it into my my own use but i have seen many uh, and that's what this wall street journal article is talking about is that there's grown-ups that unironically like them and you are definitely not the only person there are some people who do legitimately think like hey it's a complete meal that you don't have to heat up and um i Oh, that goes to hold on, uh, Wikipedia. Uh, what do you think? Don't Google it. So, Uncrustables is like is like Kleenex, like it's a it's a brand marketing name. What do you think the sterile technical term for what Uncrustables is uh, as a as a product and on Wikipedia? Oh man, good question. It's like, it's like some kind of. Um like self-contained peanut butter and jelly snack i'm gonna give you half credit okay that's not bad it is tech the te- uh the the trade term is sealed crustless sandwich <laughs> so i actually you were surprised you got really specific there with the peanut butter and jelly thing but uh not bad it is covered I, well, I know by that's, that's four sort of, cited U.S. patents as well. I think like peanut butter and jelly was sort of the original flavor, right? But then they've now since kind of pulled the like Nabisco with Oreo and they've got, you know, 18 different varieties at all times that they're sorting through with like, I don't know, do they do like the whole like, is there a pumpkin spice latte Uncrustable? They did they do like they're, seasonal stuff. There probably is. And I didn't see this at Target, but I do remember they did make a pepperoni pizza uncrustable and i feel like that one i might actually eat 
Yeah, so, or um, like savory um, uncrustables were like something that I did not know existed until somewhat recently, and when was um, um, quite surprised. I'm, I'm actually looking. I'm, I'm, I'm looking on the um, Smucker's Uncrustable website here to see what all the the flavors are. Does it have the new bad logo? Yeah, they do. It's actually not. There aren't nearly. Maybe they got rid of the savory ones. I'm not seeing any of those on here. It's mo- mostly variations of peanut butter and jelly, including some like reduced sugar varieties. And then I don't think this is a seasonal thing, but they do have a uh, chocolate flavored hazelnut version. Yeah, that's disgusting. There's not nearly as much variety here as I thought. I thought like I thought in Target one time I had seen like a I want to say it was barbecue chicken or something. <laughs> yeah, I was I oh. was a little surprised by that. Talking about gross stuff in the freezer aisle, this does not warrant a full discussion, but I did. You, you, do you have a, a favorite frozen pizza brand or have you aged out of that? I have sadly aged out of that, although but if I try to remember what it was, it would have probably been, I don't know what brand I went for, but anything with like the stuffed crust variety where it's got like oh, cheese God. inside the crust. I was, I was into that. So it might've just been like DiGiorno or something, but there was a phase where I had to, Carlos, there was a time in my life where a Saturday night would have been eating most of, if not all of a frozen stuffed crust pizza and most if not all of a pint of haagen but but i have to use your phrase aged out of that time of life got it and i'm sure we have but we we've talked about this right oh <laughs> we 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 very okay, much just, have just, but just, i think we uh, just a reminder in terms yeah. of, of corporate synergies uh <laughs> DiGiorno is owned by the same uh, parent company as toll house cookies and they used to package them together and then somebody on the internet uh for i don't know if he'll still say for the lulls they um baked it with the chocolate chip cookies <laughs> on top and it's it's an upsetting thing and it's gonna it's gonna be in that slack for a while until we type past it oh it's so um it's so good so, but the one thing that I did recently get, uh, that, cause I, one of my defining characteristics Ooh. as a, or a personality, uh, traits is that I enjoy croissants, I guess it's very basic. Um, but this was in also a couple things. When did frozen pizza become $12? Yeah, thanks, 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 Joe Biden. Thanks, Biden. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. This is the thing where, again, another reason why I think Target is over. Like their prices suck now, and it's not. But it is specifically Target. Their their prices are terrible. Uh, But like I remember, like in like 2019, this would have been 7.99, not on sale. But California Pizza Kitchen, known as the (laughs) restaurant no Californian actually goes to, uh, has this new croissant inspired crust. It's super gross. This is this this is the public. This is a, a national health warning to everybody. This is disgusting. Save your eleven fifty nine and do not buy this. That's too bad. I, I would actually say another one of my favorite frozen pizzas when I was you know feeling a little bit um, healthier was um, the like the not croissant crust but like a thin crust California Pizza Kitchen um, barbecue chicken pizza. 
Yeah, I used to have a soft spot for the the California Pizza Kitchen, the margarita ones, because mm. you could then top it with the stuff you actually want to sort of make it closer to a real pizza. Mm. Um, but now I just, I just go for like there's some nice flatbreads at Trader Joe's. So yeah. anyway, this is gross. Uh, but all of that actually, let's 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 do some follow up real quick because I do have one other food related topic, but I but it's serious, so I don't want it to get drowned out by all this stuff. Oh. All right. Um, so we have some, uh, what, what, what's the upgrade term? We, the opposite. We have side stream news. Uh, so the baseball season's over. The basketball season is just about to begin. It correct? is. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, media day was yesterday. I think first day of training camp was today. Things are happening. Uh, so Diamond Sports, which owns the rights, or maybe still kind of does, uh, the rights to uh, baseball, NHL, and basketball in kind of like the, the not uh, oh how is this the is it middle market what 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 is a, not in the key sports areas like right. they don't have the dodgers they don't have the northeast they don't like they don't have like the big teams but they have kind of the rest of the country kind of the the the, 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 SM, the smb sort of equivalent of <laughs> sports teams sure mm-hmm. um so yeah so you're, you're you're dallas stars and apparently the uh utah jazz so you might have some links in the show notes but um apparently the this is kind of the thing that happened with the um the San Diego Padres where because um Diamond Sports was no longer able to pay for the rights to uh air the games um and the game were the games already produced by MLB at that point or they switched to being produced by the MLB they switched to being produced by MLB yeah yeah so the MLB and the Padres created like an ad hoc in the middle of the season uh streaming service and also they cut deals with cox communications and like direct tv to it, it was a weird situation all because of diamond sports um overpaid for rights and also other debt related things is likely to no longer be a going concern going forward but the new york post has a thing here where they're trying to cut the by 20 to 25 percent the amount that they pay to the nhl and nba to try to remain solve or to make it through another year and that's iffy as to whether or not that's going through but the utah jazz uh not jaws like apple uh the jazz is making a new service called jazz plus which is not from <laughs> not from an orchestra it is just yeah for utah basketball fans um and it's i'm gonna guess ten dollars let's see 1550 woof but yeah yeah i mean i I actually think this is really interesting so the the jazz are giving this a try the phoenix suns are also giving this a try i might be missing a team or two those might be the only two Uh, but in any case they're, they're both going with this similar model where in a post rsn world they're basically trying to you know replicate the amount of revenue from that rsn by distributing games like both both more broadly and more specifically and like what i mean by that is they're they're making the games more readily available by putting them on just you know some sort of like local broadcast channel whereas you know an rsn is generally restricted to uh to a cable package so anybody who you know has a tv antenna can now access utah jazz or phoenix suns games and that'll of course be 
ad supported in kind of the same way that that an RSN would be. And then at the same time, these teams are putting together a streaming package, which, you know, kind of presumably would be for their, you know, more kind of hardcore kind of niche fans who, you know, don't want to bother um, setting up an antenna or like maybe, you know, kind of like cut the cord altogether and don't, you know, don't get any sort of like traditional TV anymore. So I, I think it's a it's an interesting idea, and I think it does really go a long way to solving one of the big kind of problems that people have pointed out by trying to just go like the streaming route. So like, let's say that like, you know, this Jazz Plus thing, say that was like the only option to watch Utah Jazz games. It's it's going to narrow the Jazz's audience so much that you're you're sort of endangering, you know, your team being discovered by young fans, which then kind of, you know, reduces your fan base down the road if you're locking all your games behind a paid streaming service. But I think it I think it there might be something to, you know, offering that kind of service to the fans who really want it, but then at the same time also making sure that you're, you know, still reaching a wide audience as possible so that you can continue to grow your overall fan base, which of course then you know drives them to buy merchandise and come to the games and, and and all of that. So I think it's I think it's an interesting idea. You know, TBD as to whether it's going to all kind of shake out, you know, to generate even close to the amount of revenue that that you know RSNs used to throw off. But it, it's it'll be interesting to see how how it goes. Also, let me ask because I, I didn't read the full article. Does this mean they have? parted ways like is whatever is it called bally sports like is is it or is that done is it now right. just it's yeah. going to error on the local like it, yeah so NBC this is this affiliate is, and then it's now direct consumer there is no more bally's midwest or whatever exactly yeah so th- this is the alternative way of distributing games instead of through an rsn okay so you have you know you have like say um like the lakers for example or I, I think the Dodgers too are like on the same like the Time Warner, on, um, the Sportsnet, Sports, or, Sportsnet or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. like they, you know, that that's a you know effectively like a sort of like a RSN that you know is I guess doing okay, and those contracts are like you know many they, they have many more years left on them. So like but they also still do like the occasional game on like KCAL nine or whatever. So it's it's not one hundred percent. Do they just that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's not a perfect analogy, but I, I mean, there there are still well, you know, but some certain, teams certain markets, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like certain markets can carry that. Like the Dodgers and the Lakers can. But I mean, I don't know the popularity or the general success level of like the Padres are not going to carry a media market, whereas the Lakers, even though like their performance is generally pretty middling. Sorry. Uh, but they're at least a big, big draw, even outside of the nationally televised games that are going to be on ESPN or whatever. Right. Whereas that, that can stomach or carry that type of transitional thing where the other ones are maybe easier to experiment with. I, 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 don't, I don't even know. Because that was the point where um, this was a complaint when, uh, was it uh, Apple Friday Night Baseball? Like the people were saying that if these games that would have been on local TV or even ESPN are one now paywalled behind a subscription service, and even if you do have that willingness to pay, it's now like kind of gated behind like a browser or like a streaming box. It's not even just like, hey, your local sports bar pays for cable, that that was going to potentially narrow the 
addressable market or the number of people who have the means or accessibility to watch. That argument I kind of get, but when like when, when your point of like, hey, this might dissuade young people. I mean, they're more online than anybody else, but in terms of like, do they have a credit card to sign up for this? But like, but that that point definitely still stands, and that's kind of remains to be seen. Because I because I think like with the continued disintegration or lack of importance and and reach of the traditional cable bundle, there is going to have to be some middle ground reached. So whether that means that the sports leagues and Apple or Amazon or whoever happens to be the person broadcasting this, like they have to, they're going to have to find some amount of free distribution. Like, I don't, like we might eventually someday talk about like how the Apple MLS version of Sunday ticket works, but there needs to be, like, my understanding is that that's only accessible if you pay. Like, there need, like, as a, but as a casual sports fan, I'm never going to do that. So there has to be some amount of, free content out there to get people interested and i assume over time people will figure that out yeah exactly it'll be like uh, every sixth game that the jazz play will be free and ad supported or something like that yeah it's again not not really like a perfect analogy but it's also like with apple's mls deal some of those games are broadcast on i think like espn so you you know and I think I think the reason for that is to to try and you know not not make the reach of MLS games you know solely restricted to really like the most hardcore fans who are going to go out of their way to like a discover that Apple even you know has the rights to MLS games now and you know b actually then pay the 100 or 150 bucks whatever it is per season to access that that service like you're hmm you're really sort of limiting your addressable audience if you you know lock everything behind uh like a pretty niche sort of uh paywall which you know would be the, would be the same case for like the, this jazz and suns thing where you know like if you're a, a casual utah jazz fan or a casual phoenix suns fan like i mean when when the season starts here in a few weeks i mean you might go to the channel on your you know cable box where the rsn used to be and go like you know where the heck are the the jazz or the suns and not even you know know about the whole rsn thing and all of that and not even know that jazz plus is a thing whereas you know if if you if you offer the games just on a over-the-air broadcast channel that same person will probably you know eventually figure that out and then if you're the team you hope down the road that Maybe that person or maybe that person's kids or whatever, maybe they start getting more invested in the team and then down the road they do become a you know jazz plus subscriber so yeah i I think it's a I think it's an interesting idea it's probably not a not a silver bullet i mean it's it, these these teams are probably all going to have to slowly realize over time that the 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 days of the r s n money are are gone, but they I mean they but they have to do something and i I think this is a if nothing else, an interesting start. Yeah. And to, to round this out, I do think the baseball teams are going to have the biggest challenge here just because their audience was already dwindling and the contracts that they were paying players and things like that were all being buoyed by the uh, up and up and up or up and to the right level of RSN licensing fees. And those two things are going to be fairly incompatible 
it's gonna it's gonna be really fascinating to watch across all all, all of the different you know major professional sports you know college football is going to fall into this too like uh, all of these popular sports and the the tv rights around them over the next you know decade or so are yeah going to be really really interesting because yeah not only is it the actual sort of like just tv contracts themselves but all of the downstream impacts those have you know namely tv contracts are essentially what set like the salary caps in all of these leagues and so um yeah, there's going to be a huge, a huge impact there. Yeah. And then lastly, apparently HBO Max or Warner Brothers is going to be selling a $10 a month bolt-on uh, that they're branding as, I think, Bleacher Report Plus or something. Um, and I honestly don't get what people get out of this. Like, I think you get... So TNT is not part of most streaming services or at least it definitely wasn't part of fubo tv when i signed up for it when the warriors were still in playoff contention i think but that's apparently, the i think that's the only one actually they're not a part of they're on youtube tv and stuff i think they're not i think they're not on sling either but yeah oh, okay. but youtube tv tends to have pretty much everything but apparently bleacher report as a bolt-on to max will give you access to shack and Charles Barkley, like you get to see inside the NBA, but not the actual games that they're talking about, is my understanding. And they're gonna no, no, no. no. These these are the these are the games too. So essentially, the way to think about the way to think about this package is any NBA, MLB, NHL, or um, college basketball game that that's on um, TNT or any of the Turner channels like TBS or whatever. You'll be able to watch all of those with this uh, Bleacher Report add-on. This Variety article does not say that. Because um, they, they lead off saying it's going to have a bunch of stuff related to March Madness and NCAA games, and you get access to inside the NBA, the studio program, and some F1 stuff. Well, I, I guess it's, it's, so it, maybe it's a little more vague than I'm giving it credit for, but it does say that the package will stream 300 live games per year. And then it further on down says that it's launching specifically in time so that they can start showing the Major League Baseball postseason games that they have. So whatever would have been aired on TBS, because that's what that's the only thing that Warner owns that's baseball, right? Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it it seems it it seems my my reading of this is that any you know, sports programming that's on Turner's set of um, channels is now going to be available as part of this Bleacher Report package. And, you know, this is the so, same, this is the same boiling the frog thing that Disney's done where this is going to start at like 10 bucks a month and it will inevitably go up over time. So how much does Max cost? Well, I, I, I don't pay much attention to it is if it, I'm being it, honest because I have it, I have it bundled in with, with, either my AT&T wireless or my AT&T fiber. I don't know. Something I'm paying AT&T for, I, I get HBO so it's, Max so it's, through. So it's probably 15, right? Yeah. I think there's different so, tiers. I think there's like three different tiers of it now, but yeah, call it 15-ish. Okay, so 15 plus 10 for Bleacher Report plus $18 for Netflix plus $7 for Apple TV plus $140 a year for Amazon Prime Video, and you're not saving any money. I thought people said cutting the cord is going to save people money, Ryan. <laughs> okay. All right, and then the writer strike is over, but uh, apparently Netflix is already uh, is already kind of leaking to the media that uh, yeah they're going to jack up prices in the next three months. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, that that seems to be expected. Inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Apple TV Plus, the morning show is back. Uh, season two of the morning show was one of the worst television events uh, ever. Really, really so, so bad. Um, I've started watching season three. Somehow worse. Mm, nice. uh, is it a, can, I, can, I, can I talk about something extremely vaguely and it's not a spoiler? Or do sure. you want to... No, that's fine. Uh, are, you a familiar, are you aware that John Hamm is on the show this year? I am, yeah. And he, it, the, he plays based on a, the... He plays like a space guy or something he basically plays like this hybrid between elon musk and jeff bezos okay it's really bad yeah how can a show have a such a fairly strong season one and suck so badly i know this happened actually that's happened with many shows but but i'm surprised that yeah it's it's so bad all right and then i will uh, i'm gonna round out to the cocktail thing real quick and then we gonna talk about apple for like 30 minutes um so we one place that has i think for both of us that we very much enjoyed in the bay area is a restaurant called pico is that correct very much so yes okay so there's a cocktail so i've been going there since 2011 or since around when when i moved up here but before it was and, cool. exactly before people started blowing up my spot but i think before, the before term. uh buster posey made a commercial there yes oh i bring uh i have that video saved on youtube and i bring <laughs> i bring that up several times several times a month um but they had a cocktail. Their cocktails are are not bad. No, they're not the greatest, but they're but some some restaurants uh, did the cocktails are an afterthought. They they are not at a pico. So they used to have a cocktail called the graveyard shift yeah, that I, I very mm-hmm. that I very much enjoyed. Um, and I'm trying to remember because every time I looked this up, there was a yeah. So the Marin IJ. So it was there for a couple of years and. For a while after they updated their cocktail menu, I would occasionally just ask, like, hey, do you still, is this still possible to make? And there was like a, um, uh, a grace period of maybe a year and a half where it was still possible. And then I think in 2016, just like every, a lot of things that went bad in 2016, uh, it stopped being available. But in this, um, cause I've been trying to piece together cause I didn't have, uh, I, I like in my later years, I take pictures of everything, but I did not have the foresight in 2012 or whatever to take a picture of the cocktail menu but i did when i was trying to figure out how to recreate it uh did some searching and apparently according to this uh marin ij article from 2014 um they did have a a brief summary of it so uh quote the specialty cocktail list beckoned with an interesting mix of alcohol combinations with clever names this is not good writing all 1150 yeah that is very 2014 like harvest moon with bourbon pear lemon honey allspice and the blah, blah, blah. or the graveyard shift with botanical vodka triple sec elderflower liqueur lemon grapefruit and absinthe so i've been trying to recreate it for a while and i've never cracked it but uh, a few months ago i joined the um cocktails subreddit mm. and it's one of the few places it's like pizza like r slash pizza and um r slash trader joe's where everybody on it is super nice and nice. and and helpful so somebody posted a picture of this and uh one it's actually a very nice picture too uh and it's called the sunflower cocktail and i was like oh that looks slightly refreshing and kind of a, and a good way to round out summer so the content so this is a are you familiar you're you're a you're a bit of a uh mixologist a bartender what what whatever sure. you call yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. are you familiar with the term of a perfect cocktail 
Um, I am, but I, I can't think of what it means now. It's when all the ingredients are the same part or like ratios. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. So the sunflower is a perfect cocktail in that sense where it is. And this is where if you go back to the Maroon IJ thing, you'll notice that it does not align perfectly. Uh, they called out that it was a vodka based cocktail, but this one, the sunflower is uh, three quarters of an ounce of gin, three quarters of an ounce of co- uh, Contro, I think is how you pronounce it. Three quarters of an ounce of St. Germain elderflower liqueur and three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. And then I made it, and I don't know, have you ever had the thing where you either taste something or you bite into something, and it just brings back just like a visceral memory? Oh, definitely, yeah. I was like, I literally like screamed, holy shit, this is, this is the drink I've been looking for. And then I did try to make it with vodka, and it was slightly closer to what I've had at Pico, but honestly, I'm a, I'm a gin person, so this was actually better. Hmm. So this happenstance, this, uh, so who, who, who was this? uh aces underscore jets uh thank you uh for uh posting this because uh this solved a literal decades long mystery for me nice and i would strongly recommend giving it a shot i don't know if you i like i feel like my cocktail taste is probably you're probably uh, i feel like you're maybe um more spirit forward than me i'm not a sweet drink person but i am very much a like a citrusy that's that's my key criteria where i feel like you're more of a uh a spirits forward person that's fair fair yeah. or no that, 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 that's fair and more of a um whiskey person i'll i'll drink gin and vodka based cocktails i'm not totally opposed to it but generally skew towards um whiskey based stuff yeah did i ever impress upon you or, or suggest that you make the maple bourbon smash you did and i made that yeah long, I, for, that's a long time ago now but yeah it's it's a good drink i don't know like i and i i again i i accidentally uh invented the whiskey sour so i'm kind of proud of myself with that <laughs> and then i googled it and realized oh this already exists mm-hmm. but um yeah so if, if anybody is a um a cocktails person uh r slash cocktails is one of the least bad parts of reddit very nice so so thank you all right apple stuff mm-hmm. software yeah. or hardware first well i guess so it's the to, to lay i guess like the the context here so we haven't recorded since the end of august i believe and so we haven't talked since i think maybe the iphone event had like just been announced the last time we talked but the but the event hadn't happened yet and so not only has that occurred but new hardware has come out ios 17 watch os 10 uh mac os sonoma all of that's now come out so sorry as somebody who lives here hearing podcasters mispronounce sonoma all day very frustrating how do people pronounce sonoma they keep pronouncing it sonoma or like they 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 they, they're pronouncing it in in a funky way it's it's very it's very i didn't, it's I didn't very know jarring. i didn't know sonoma was a thing that people mispronounced huh i think somebody literally even wrote into ask upgrade of how you pronounce it and i'm like oh my god maybe it's just it's it's california bias because apple but yeah anyway hmm. but yeah it's a it's huge art have you updated to sonoma on any of your devices I have. yeah mm-hmm. yeah using widgets all right well okay we'll, I... we'll get to it no so i i've i've done very very little with um sonoma 
That's my yeah. least. That's my least used new um, OS for okay reasons. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll get to that. So, but uh, so again, hardware or software first? Are you excited about your phone? Or are you excited? Or are you excited or angry about your software first? Um, I'm pr- pretty excited about the phone. You want to okay. start let's there? Do, let's let's do hardware. I I don't have one, so it's all you. Um, yeah. So I have the um, iPhone 15 Pro Max, 256 black titanium. Um. I guess before start, starting to talk about the phone, um, sort of like the maybe talk about the buying process. So you know, I'm I'm one of the 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 dummies that wakes up at you know 5 a.m. Pacific time when the phones go on sale, and you know Apple does the thing where if you're a part of the iPhone upgrade program, a couple of days um, before the phones go on sale, they say, hey, you know, you can log into the Apple Store app, pick out the phone you want, get pre-approved for the loan basically like do everything they have, a, they have a pre pre-order flow and it's very weird but it right. makes sense but but like you're not even committing to buy it you're pre pre-ordering which is which is very weird i think the i think the origins of that were the first year or two of the iphone upgrade program there was a issue where the like the loan provider like their website would get overloaded and so like as people were trying to buy their new phones they were getting stuck in the the loan process so it's like kind of a whole thing actually um, can I get a quick point of clarification on that does apple still do the thing where they like outsource it to like yeah. pnc financial or did like i i thought or I, my misunderstanding was that all new iphone upgrade program enrollments mean you have to get the apple card uh no no it's okay. still it, it's it's i think it's even still i forget what the their name is but i think it's even like the same service provider that it's been since the first year of the upgrade okay. program got it um <clears throat> so you know that that whole process you know that that worked well i basically as it always has um but then i ended up having i think like basically the exact same experience that i had last year which i'm i'm sure we talked about on the show which is get up at 5 a.m the apple store page doesn't load refresh 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 eventually get it to load try to go through the checkout process error message eventually got to the point where i was like on the final like checkout page and i could see you know delivery on uh whatever day the phone came out this year september uh what was it 22nd whatever that whatever that friday was um you know deliver great go to checkout error so then got to go back to the beginning get some more errors eventually like get back to that you know final checkout page now the soonest delivery is like sometime in october but in-store pickup on um the 22nd is available so that's like exactly the same experience i had the year before so i'm like all right fine you know i'll i'll go to the store um and so i you know scheduled a pickup appointment not for that first day because it was a friday i think i scheduled it for like that that following sunday um and it it's a perfectly fine experience um the the only kind of annoying part about it is you know you do have to trade in your existing phone before you leave the store so you you can in theory get in you know just drop off your current phone take the new home and in take home the new phone in the box and make it a super quick process if you really wanted to but you know like for me 
I want to make sure that, you know, my backup's coming over and that like my new phone's actually like activated and ready to go, you know, before I leave the store, which, you know, when you have the phone delivered to your house, you can do, you know, just at your own pace at home. And that's just kind of a nicer experience. Whereas in the store, it's like, you kind of just want to get up and running and kind of get out of there. Um, and you know, last year I ran into a minor issue where I, you know, went through this whole process, the iCloud backup restored and everything. And I, you know, left the store, but the one thing I didn't validate completely was, um, all of my two factor apps, which for the most part, wasn't a problem. Like, you know, Authy's got the, you know, cloud restore feature with a password. And it's like, that, all that worked out fine. But I think it was like one of my work ones or something like, I needed my old device to send a code, you know, to my new phone to then like authorize that. Um, and so, you know, I, it, I eventually figured it out through like our IT department, but like it was a little bit of a hassle. So this year I'm like, all right, I want to make sure I get all the two factor apps up and going and make sure they actually work before I leave the store. But the problem is that when you do an iCloud backup and I think a direct device transfer works the same way as, you know, all of, all of the, your apps are actually being redownloaded from the app store. And by default, you don't control the order in which those are downloading. There is a feature where you can say like prioritize download during that process where all of the apps are downloading, but I found that that wasn't working. And, and I'm, so I'm sitting there, um, you know, waiting for the two-factor apps to like eventually download. And that was like taking forever. Eventually, I, you know, eventually got them. But like, anyway, the, the whole kind of pickup experience, not not as great in the store as, as it just, you know, being shipped uh, shipped to your house. Okay, so how's, how's the fancy phone? It's nice. It, it's it's nice. I mean, I think my my thoughts mirror what most others have pointed out, like the the new titanium, you know, frame or whatever on the phone. Is this it? I mean, the the phone is you know actually lighter, like, but it but it feels like a lot lighter. Like, I think there's just some sort of you know trickery with just the, the way the phones put together with titanium as opposed to stainless steel like the pro phones have been for a while now it just it just feels a lot lighter and it just it feels a lot nicer i mean most you know most others have pointed this out as well like the the edges are just a lot more kind of soft and rounded so it's just it just is is a lot more comfortable to hold especially as, as someone who doesn't you know use a case on their phone um just feels really really nice in in the hand um the action button is really nice. I've got that mapped to the camera, and I'm finding that to be a much nicer way of quickly accessing the camera. You know, they they added the the camera shortcut button to the to lock screen a couple of versions ago um, in iOS, but I always thought that was a little bit clunky, like to the point where I actually always kept the camera app on my home screen just as another way of, you know, quickly accessing the camera. Cause also if you didn't have the camera app on your home screen, then, you know, you would like have to like lock your phone and then like tap that software button to then quickly get to the camera. Um, now with the action button, it's just, you know, no matter what screen I'm on, even if the phone is locked, it's just, you know, press that button down, boom, you get to the camera. 
And then you can also then use the action button as your shutter. So you're, you're, you're never having to even move where um, your thumb is to not only get to the camera, but then to quickly take a picture. So that that's really, um, really nice. Um, it still feels a little weird plugging a USB-C cable <laughs> into the phone. I actually was um, out of town for the past few days and really kind of had like the first experience of just you know having that that anchor plug that that you recommended and then you know taking a single USB-C cable and kind of swapping that between my iPad and my phone um and a couple of other things I had so that 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 is was pretty cool and still feels a little <laughs> a little weird in in a good way um the camera I can't I can't say I've I've seen anything hugely different there. I mean, again, I'm, I'm coming from a um, a 14 Pro Max, um, but like you know, day to day shooting, I I can't say I see any dramatic difference. Um, I've played with the um, the zoom a bit. Um, I'm not a big, we're, we're going to get to that. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm not a big you, telephoto, um, user on the iPhone. Never really have been. I mean, part of that you, is because like the reach of, you know, previous phones hasn't really been all that dramatic. Whereas the, um, what, what is it? 120 millimeter equivalent? Is that, yeah. is that what it ends up yeah. being? Like a five X zoom? We're, like we're going to get to it, but I, the, the whole, everybody acting like a, a zoom lens is a second coming like i oh i do not get it but um, but I mean, you, 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 it's it's i mean it's it's a way more dramatic of a zoom than sure, ever been on the phone sure. so so in that but, in that sense it is you know mm -hmm. it, it's it's meaningfully different than we'll, we'll get to it than the default um mm -hmm. than the default lens so like in that way it's kind of interesting um mm. okay. and you know in yeah, pra in, in practice i think i'll end up using it kind of about the same as I always have telephoto lenses on the iPhone, which is to say not, not super often. Um, but, but it, it is, it is, it is interesting and it, it's, um, it's weird. <laughs> like, well, okay. It, it well, zooms we'll, we'll in more than it. you think it's going to. Yes. That is what it, uh-huh. Um, oh, we're, we're going to get to that. So I have, so I have a couple of questions. So with this one, every year there's a, a gate or there, there's, there's some type of controversy is, is your phone, burning your pocket or overheating or scarring you in some way it's funny i actually um i saw that and i've i've definitely had that experience with previous phones particularly those first you know 24 to 48 hours as it's you know doing its icloud backup initially as it's re-downloading all your photos and apps as it's doing all of its you know cataloging and facial facial recognition like all that kind of stuff like i've, I've actually noticed that on previous year's phones i've not actually noticed that um on this year's phone i actually even ended up because the apple store wi-fi was was pretty slow when i was doing the whole you know icloud backup thing like i was explaining a few minutes ago i actually ended up completing that backup just over 5g um it actually was quite a bit faster doing it doing it that way and even then, I didn't actually notice the phone getting particularly warm or anything. Yeah, every year there's always something. 
but with that one, but I do give it some credence just because a friend of the show, MKBHD, has mentioned that it actually has happened to him, or but apparently it's some combination of uh, iOS. It's it's mostly an iOS 17 issue, but Apple made this weird thing where they called out specific apps as being like offenders that are triggering this. But like you make the OS, if you make something that can somehow cause your phone to like overheat, that's kind of your fault. But anyway, but apparently it is kind of a real thing. But it was this weird. And this also, have you listened to this week's upgrade? I have not. Mm-mm. There's like this whole weird thing where everybody's mad at Ming Chi Kuo for like saying that he's like a plant for TSMC just because like the initial thing was people were like freaking out like, oh, because like, so the, the 15 Pro and the 15 Pro Max are the first phones that, uh, for, first smartphones that have a three nanometer uh, chip in the A17 Pro processor, which is supposed to be very, very quick, but there were debates about oh is this a, a a problem with the new processor is this an issue with the change in materials to titanium what like what is apple going to do are they going to recall everything like anytime there's a new phone there's there's a whole bunch of dumb stuff that goes around it with any minor thing but then ming chi kuo writes a thing about uh like that that may have had details that were fed to him by tsmc or whatever basically saying like it saying that hey it's not the processor it's something else and then apple releases their thing saying hey this is going to get addressed in a software update but specifically uh instagram and and tiktok and something else have bugs that are causing this to happen which again you make the os so that's kind of kind of your fault but that that, that's been the one controversy related to these new phones but yeah so otherwise so USB-C quality life improvement or you're you're are you are you happy about it or did you never really have any issues with lightning and this is kind of a non thing for you it's mostly a non thing for me only because all of my charging at home effectively is is wireless these days um it's it's really only um traveling which again like i just kind of happened to happen to be traveling like basically right after i got the new phone and you know there it it is it is nice i mean i'm still sort of in a mode and it will be for a little while right where like you know the lady friend still has a lightning based iphone and you know friends and family for you know some amount of time will continue to have lightning based phones so it's not like i'm you know immediately um you know to make another ron swanson reference like not immediately you know running out back and throwing throwing my lightning cables in the dumpster or anything but um but yeah it is it is it is nice to be able just to take a single cable and now you know swap it across almost all of my devices still have a couple like micro usb things here and there but um slowly getting towards you know total um to that total USB C lifestyle yeah uh the one bummer or the one weird thing is so you're, you're an airpods pro user uh yeah yeah they released a new one so it's still the second generation airpod pros uh, but they uh, have have a new SKU that has the USB-C charging case. And also apparently the earbuds are ever so slightly better at doing something related to like whatever the adaptive transparency is. So anyway, like, so, so it's like they're now the Air, AirPods Pro two and a half gen or whatever. So, so here's, really. I get, here's my, so I, so I, I get the, I get people being a bit upset about that. I, I, I don't disagree with the fact that that is kind of crummy. But like, so what people are upset about is the fact that they're not doing like what they did with the original AirPods when they came out with wireless charging, where, you know, not only did they come out with a you know new set of AirPods that came with the wireless charging case, they actually also 
sold the wireless charging case separately for people who had already bought AirPods. So that, that's what people mm-hmm. wanted them to do here as well. Oh, sure. But I, but I think that wireless charging case was, I think, like 80 bucks or thereabouts. So, like, let's say that the, let's say that Apple would have come out with a, you know, AirPods Pro USB C case that you could have bought on its own if you were an existing AirPods Pro user. And let's say it was, I don't know, a hundred bucks or something. May have even ended up being more. Would, would you yeah. would would you would you really pay that simply to not have lightning on your AirPods Pro case? Like I I definitely would not. That's I think that everybody likes to be mad about something. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that wait is that kind of like, is that could be on like the American crest? But I'm mean, like, every, every, <laughs> but everybody just wants to be mad, and I think this is this is why everybody's mad about like and people are spilling thousands thousands of words and hours of podcasts talking about fucking fine woven cases like just everybody wants to be mad oh yeah that's been that's i don't i i could literally not that's been kind of fun to watch i could literally not give two like don't buy apple cases stop it (laughs) i mean i think what you do is is madness like case caseless people i I mean destroying america but (laughs) people who buy apple name brand cases also destroying america Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I I take your point that it is it would be silly, but at that point, wasn't wouldn't there have been something that they could have done to say, hey, these are AirPod Gen threes? Because the thing is, like the the buds are slightly different too. I don't know. Well, I mean, Apple but, Apple's naming, particularly when it comes to oh, because you have like the, the, the AirPod generation. third generation, yeah. yeah well, and also, wasn't there? Uh, this is a, a, a poll for old timers. Wasn't like the fourth generation of iPad called the new iPad? Yeah, there was one of those. Like, um, like, when are we going to get? When, like, are, is there going to be an iPhone twenty three? Like, when are we going to get off that too? Or like, I, I noticed the the lady friend's mom just got a new um, base iPad. The ten the good one the one the good one that has the camera in the right place but it's still the low end one yeah but yeah. like but it's literally you know like on the box says like ipad and then in parentheses, parentheses. like mm-hmm. 10th generation it was like are, like yeah. are we are we just going to do this forever like it's very strange yeah yeah when when are you going to stop when are you pop the band-aid <laughs> like cuz that, that was but that was a thing where like this it isn't this like the whole microsoft thing? like they stopped calling it like remember like like you'd have like office 97 and they would like, but you would then think like, oh, my, my Microsoft office, my Excel is not calculating stuff properly because it's three years old. Like people don't like software that was named by year. So it needs a number, I guess. Like they're not going to have, like, it's not going to, like, you're not going to have like iPhone Vista or something. So what are they going to do? The greatest, the greatest minds in marketing are, are thinking about it and they still haven't come up with anything better than incrementing every single year. Yeah. All right, so to round out the phone stuff before I complain about the camera stuff on a phone I don't even own. Uh, okay, so USB-C, do you have... So overall, here's one thing that I haven't heard talked about a lot in the discussion. Do you remember when the iPhone 5S came out and the, like, the, the buzzword of the year was chamfered edges? Um, Am I making this up? Sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm, I'm going to need a bit of a refresher. Well, wasn't that... The, so Apple, I actually don't remember. Sham, how do you even spell chamfered? <laughs> uh chamfered edges let's see google oh all right um uh, i should probably turn oh type in the word iphone um yeah so on the iphone 5 and 5s apparently they did this thing where they kind of like sanded down 
the edges a little bit so it wasn't so blocky. And that was like the entire buzzword about that phone generation. But nobody's talk everybody keeps talking about, hey, like the the 15 Pro has like less because they got rid of the stainless steel frame. There's kind of more of like a taper, like kind of like, like a gradual switch between the screen and like the side rails. And I don't know, nobody's using that buzzword anymore. But I guess like so the the titanium takes off like 10 to 15% of the weight of both the Pro and the Pro Max. So like I'm I'm just morally opposed to getting the jumbo phone. But I guess like it, it just hand feel. Like how what are your thoughts on weight and build since you're already like Team Plus Club or whatever? That that's the standout feature to me. <clears throat> you know, day to day the the weight and the feel are are the things that you know, over a weekend now, like that's the part that continues to stand out to me. Like the action button is, is, is fine. Um, you know, having USB-C is nice. Again, like the, the camera seems, you know, basic other than the, you know, increased zoom capability basically seems, you know, kind of the same. Um, although actually being able to turn portrait on and off retrospectively on any, basically any photo like that, that's pretty neat. Um, and I think it's limited to the 15 series of phones, even though correct. And it's an absolute like a, artificial, yeah. you know, because that's the thing where, cause the 15, cause another thing that MKBHD called out in, in his very good video reviews, people should check him out. They, that the 15 has the, has, it has one less, one fewer lens and has the exact same processor and runs the same software as the 14 pro yet has more functionality than last year's flagship phone. There's no reason that feature should not be enabled on the old phone other than Apple just being kind of shitty about it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that, I mean, that, that feature is, is nice on the camera, which otherwise, you know, seems you know, mostly kind of the same. Um, so yeah, the day to day, the, the weight and the feel are the thing that stand out to me the most. And so far is my, my favorite thing about this new phone. It, it, it just, it feels, feels really, really nice in a way that the iPhone, especially like the pros, I think haven't in a while. They, again, as, as somebody who's not on plus club, the 14 pro max, that was a big brick of a phone. It was, it was real dense. Yeah. Dense, um, sharp edges. Yeah. Not, not the best feeling in the hand for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, before I dive into the camera stuff, um, what was the other thing? Oh, when you went to the Apple store, did you have uh, a chance to take a look at the other colors? Like, were you, did you feel happy about your color choice? I, I didn't really look around a ton. I think somebody across the setup table from me had the like silvery titanium, the natural. I don't think it was the natural one. I think it was the other, the, the other well, one. Like there's, there's the, there's like kind of like a brushed white, like a, a very, very light that, silver. There's, that one. Yeah. That yeah. one. Um, and that, that looked nice. I mean, I, I knew, I knew from the get go, um, um, that I was going to just get the, the black one. I, I did briefly think that I maybe would get like the blue titanium thinking that it would be the same color as like my midnight MacBook air, which I, and I, I, I enjoy that color, but like, apparently that that's not really what it looks like. Um, I, 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 you know, other, other than the one year where the pro phones had a green version, which was uh, what a great year. Um, other than that, I always just get the black or space gray phone. Got it. Okay. Um, do you have any thoughts on the Siri? Do you also, you also got a new Apple watch? 
Got a new Apple Watch for the first time in uh, two years. Yeah. So let's let's have you briefly talk about that, and then we'll use the camera stuff as a way to get into the software. Okay. Um, so I guess the most notable thing with the watch was, um, so on my series seven, I sprung for, I think they called it the edition, which, um, which was the, the titanium version of that watch and really, really liked it. I just, I I thought the look, the look and feel of that watch was basically perfect. Um, and that, that was a, a, you know, kind of a, a big reason why. I didn't upgrade last year was because they they stopped making that titanium version and <clears throat> now if you want titanium you know you had to go to the um, the ultra and I you know going into this event it it seemed it seems pretty clear they were going to continue to not offer a titanium version in the non ultra watches um and so if they offered a black titanium which is the color that i had on my series 7 if they offered that in the ultra 2 i was really gonna think about that even though i'm not really a huge fan of the way the ultra looks and i I don't really have a like a use for like the bigger screen or anything but i would have maybe considered again just because i really did like the look of that black titanium finish um but uh, you know they the ultra 2 stuck with the natural titanium look so that was kind of off the table which actually you know kind of made the decision a little bit easier but then i was sort of stuck with the same dilemma that um i had last year and i'm sure we talked about this on the show where you know with the series 8 i basically just said like there are no good colors because the aluminum version which is what i you know got every year prior to springing for that titanium series 7 there you know for the past few years now there's been no um there's been no like black or gray option because I think actually that was another reason why I kind of justified springing for the titanium with the series seven is that that was the only way to get just a, you know, plain black watch because on the aluminum version, it's, it's midnight, which is like that, you know, the, the bluish black, um, it's, it's yet another shade of not quite blue or not quite black. Exactly. Right. Um, which, you know, I've got some, I've got, you know, I've collected a lot of bands over the years. And like, I just don't, I don't think like that bluish black would really fit with like the bands that I have. Um, and then with the stainless steel, and I, I, I do remember we talked about this, like they have what I think they call it like space gray or some kind of gray. No, so what, so I mean, to jump, to jump to the conclusion, you're on, you're on the right team, which is my team. Which is the they used to make a, my I used to be a fan of space black stainless steel, which I think in series six they or series seven they stopped making. So now the closest thing to black is called stainless steel graphite. Graphite. That that's what it is. So yeah. So the, so the it's o- very dark. It's yeah. almost black. Yeah. So the the only semi good color now on the series nine is this this graphite stainless yeah. steel watch, which I was very reluctant about last year, like to the point where I, you know, just didn't get a new series eight watch, which also was because there wasn't all that much interesting about series eight. Still um, also isn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, this year, like, you know, that, that titanium watch had a couple nicks on it. Battery life was starting to not be so great. Um, you know, I was interested in the, the faster processor with the series. I think like, there was you know, some reasons why I was thinking about upgrading. And so I did upgrade went with the color that I was a little hesitant about last year, the graphite stainless steel. Um, you know, out of the box, 
and I, I knew this was going to happen out of the box. It's a lot heavier than that titanium watch was, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's to be expected. We just literally talked about that same topic with the phones. I, after a couple of days, like, I don't, I don't think about that anymore. So like that, the weight's kind of a non-issue. The look, you know, I, I always kind of described it as sort of like a kind of muddy or kind of almost like kind of just dirty looking grayish black color. Um, I've, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is me just just justifying my purchase now, but like I've, I've come around to it. I actually, I do like the way it looks. It, it, I do like that. It's, I I like that it's a little more, it's just a little more interesting because I mean the, 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 the black titanium was just, you know, it was just solid black, didn't change in any kind of lighting or anything like that. It was just always you know, black. Whereas the, the stainless steel one that I have now is just, it's, it's just got a little more, I don't know. Yeah. Just, it's a little more interesting looking. So I'm, I'm, I'm just de- de- defending my own choices and that's what I'm going to advocate for it. But like, no, it, it's, it's nicer. So one, the stainless steel watches have a little bit of heft to it. It feel like I've never, I have never been, I do not own a mechanical watch or like an actual proper watch, but like it's got a tiny bit of heft to it and it feels like you're wearing something. That's nice. It's also subtly shiny. Like it's got like a time, like it doesn't, it doesn't look ostentatious whatsoever, but it also doesn't look just kind of like bland. Like I, I feel like the titanium one could almost sometimes be mistaken for plastic. Right. Totally. Where, yeah. So that's where like, I think this is nice. Do I wish they still made the space black one that was darker, but I feel like this is a, an extremely dark gray in most lights. And when the light catches it in a certain way, it's visually interesting. Yeah. No, I, I I think this is a, the smartest choice for most people, unless you're trying, if you're merely merely deciding on cost, in which case just get get the light silver uh, aluminum and just be done with it. I totally agree. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I've come around on the the stainless steel gray. I I like you do. I think you know, rumors are that you know series ten next year is going to be kind of a bigger refresh. So I I, I do am am holding out hope they maybe rethink the colors a little bit then um but overall i am i'm happy with um with the the look of the new watch um it is kind of weird that with the the aluminum or the sport or like the default one they i mean because you are correct which we're like the midnight doesn't necessarily like it's not the most neutral color right why wouldn't you just make your most popular like what's going to be like the highest in sales volume the one that goes with like almost any watch band it's it's it is it's very surprising now that they've not sold a just plain black or gray watch uh, on that aluminum watch again I, I think i think it's not been since like the series six they've offered that um yeah which is Do they yeah. still make those like wacky red ones yeah they sell the product red so they have starlight which is just kind of like a very like pale gold color they've got just like the regular old aluminum which looks like the same from series zero and then yeah, they the, the the red one goes with nothing. Like I I have a product red band that I think looks nice on the graphite stainless steel, but the watch itself being red is that's very much a choice of you you are defining the fact that the band will not go with anything else. Or like isn't the other they make like pink this year, right? Yeah, um, which which like you know which is which is fine, but just seems like it would really limit your band choices. Yeah. Um but you know to to each to each their own. Um so yeah, come around on the color. That's that's been nice. Um you know hardware wise there are moments where you know it it does feel 
faster than previous watches. Like I, in, in like, if you didn't tell me about it in advance, I'm not totally sure. Like I would really notice it. Um, on device Siri though, that, that definitely does make a really, a really big difference. Um, yeah, the brighter screen, I can't I can't really say I've seen a ton of difference there. Like I never thought the Apple Watch screen was too dim before. So that hasn't really stood out. But yeah, like the the on device series stuff is good. Um most of what's happening with the watch though is is on the software side with watch OS ten. Yeah. So yeah. Well well okay, well so we'll close out the show with the camera stuff. So then no, let's let's go into Watch OS ten and I have a lot of complaints. So we can we can talk Yeah we can talk about a few, a few a few things. So uh well and also we forgot to mention that you're sa- you're you're single handedly saving the planet by buying an Apple Watch Series Nine because it's now carbon neutral. I don't from, I don't uh, think from, I don't think I am though, because I went with like the stainless steel case and then I got one of the new Nike Bands. No, that's one of the one that has the the funky. Oh, green. that's right. You're right, and I am. So I, you are. You are. I am you are. You're basically. You, you basically took two Priuses off the road. Like thank, you, thank you, 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 you deserve it. Where, where's your parade? <laughs> um. Anyway, but the um, the the software is a fucking mess. Yeah. I, so the software. So people will. Sorry, I'm just gonna go on for a minute. People will remember when the, the watch initially came out. I remember what, what's 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 the little dude's name, Kevin Lynch, little, or is he the director? Little, little little dude. What are you talking he, about? He he's Kevin uh, Lynch, he's the, yeah 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 he's the, he's the little guy. He, the, he's the, the, the he, Adobe guy. Yeah, he's the one who is always at like it's it's because they always put him uh like in the presentations like presenting the fitness stuff, and he always has to like throw the video onto somebody who's doing like a fitness plus presentation who's all like jacked. Anyway, he, he's. <laughs> he, as somebody, I am. I am not calling anything out. I am definitely not a fit person. Yeah, Kevin Lynch, little little dude. Anyway, but they when when he was presenting the first one, I remember they were pitching a future that you were going to be looking at. You were going to be updating your Instagram feed on your watch. You were going to be sending your heartbeat to people. You'd be doing all this wacky shit on your watch. And all, over time, they scaled that back and realized nobody wants any of this. And the watch is actually not very good at most of these things. It's mostly a passive notification device, and that's fine. But one of the first things that was kind of interesting about the like the initial Series Zero or like the introductory software that the watch came with, do you remember Glances? Um. So the way the vaguely. initial Apple the way the initial Apple Watch worked was when you swiped up from the bottom, you didn't get Control Center, which you also don't get now, which is frustrating as fuck. It you used to get what were called Glances, which were kind of like extremely minimal complications. So you could then see like. The weather, the battery life, uh, other stuff. But they had like this very rudimentary widget view that were called glances. And that got taken away in watchOS 3 when they started uh, pushing either Swift UI or WatchKit. I forget, I forget oh. what the... Because I remember there have been like three iterations where Apple has kind of been like, oh, we're doing a mulligan on how, how watches work. And people keep feeling like Lucy with the football. And like, because like, just yeah, like Marco has had to rewatch, uh, rewrite the Overcast Watch app like four times. Yeah, I've, and, I've, I guess I've, I've like completely blocked glances out of my memory. I'm like, I'm Google searching glances, and now that I'm seeing like some screenshots, it, it it's coming back. But yeah, I, I totally forgot about these. Yeah, like it, it made it made a lot of sense, and then they made it control center, and then they were, they were like, we're all in on apps, and then they 
gradually stopped being all in on apps and then it just it's it's been kind of middling over the over the years but i mean again the watch the apple watch like i'm not gonna wear a fitbit like the apple watch is a vital tool for me and even though they keep going back to the drawing board like it is what it is but watch os 10 is is a mess and i really like i i don't like it so there have been a couple of key changes. So one, they have gone back to, so they have, uh, they're stepping away from apps and they are doubling down on glances in the form of widgets. So they have just more refined glances now. So instead of, and I'm not talking to you, Siri, sorry. Uh, so now instead of, so when you swipe up from the bottom, you no longer get control center. You now get this widget view with this weird clock that is not the clock that I want to see and has no bearing on what my watch face looks like at all. And the clock is unremovable. That's super annoying. So yeah, so if you swipe from the bottom of the screen and do that, you get that view. Also, if you click the... Um, if you... Isn't there two ways to get to this? Oh, also, if you uh, twist the digital crown, right. it also brings up the view. So there's two ways to get to the same thing for no good reason. The... Uh, side button that used to bring up your recently used apps is now control center and now if you want to get to your recently used apps you have to double click the crown and that view has been inverted in the direction that you have to scroll which makes no sense either i just don't think the widget view is really that well thought out for it to be the default way you interact with content that's not your watch face and like when you when you click on when you click the crown you don't have like that you have it in list view not that weird honeycomb thing right oh of course i'm not a, like not a civilized a person yeah but but that's the thing where now if i so the 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 only apps i ever actually use on my watch is the workouts app and spotify because the timer and calendar are linked from the complications on my home screen. But now if I want to go to the workouts app, like I now have to click the crown. I have to scroll, 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 scroll to go to the workout view. Because I, it's been burned into my brain for like the past six generations of Apple Watch software that I can just click the side button. And the workouts app is one of the two or three most recently used applications. And now that's no longer the case. I just like the the stuff that they've changed about it makes no sense to me. And most of it, including the timers app, which we will get to, is just worse. Like, I, is there a silver lining I'm missing that somehow watchOS 10 is great and I've just missed it? If there is, I haven't found it yet. I, I similarly, like, it's not like I hate watchOS 10 and I, it's not like I hate what they're trying to do with widgets. I just, I, it's just the gestures that you've used for years are, are, running at at odds with anything they're trying to retrain people on doing yeah like like if if something with the widgets was significantly better than how things have worked before in watch os like fine i'll you know learn the new gestures like that's that's you know that that that's the price of improvement sure but like I, I can't say that widgets have made anything significantly better so you're right like giving up all that muscle memory of the way that things used to work without a clear benefit just yeah leaves me feeling very lukewarm about um 
about the whole thing. And, and I still, still and, and the thing that also, so I, I, I think I sent this to you in the thing, like I, I, I've been kind of rethinking my iPhone home screen because of interactive widgets in iOS and then rethinking my watch face because of widgets in watch OS 10. And I, I've, I've been more focused on the watch than I have been my iPhone home screen. And so I was rethinking my watch face approach and there there are no good watch faces on the watch, which is kind of finally, crazy. You finally agree. Yeah. You you had been the holdout where when I would say, no, modular sucks, you'd be like, no, it's fine. It gives me my weather and it's very multicolored I, and I love I don't, it. I don't it's think... It's been your position. I don't think modular sucks. And I mean, Sir Satoru, like, you know, go to the end of the story first here. Like, I, I'm I'm just back on the same watch face that I've always used, which I think you you described in a funny way to me the other with, day. With, the, with your carrot weather, the yeah, like the, it was like the the KPI board or something. Um, which no, I it's, thought, it's, thought it's was like, pretty it's, good. It's, no, it's like some fucking KPI dashboard for your life, but it, but it's just terrible. But it's on your wrist. It's on like it's a watch. Like I'm I'm I dress like Mister Rogers. I'm not like some fashion icon. But you're like I, the idea of having a, a multicolored thing with an always on display on your wrist that is showing the weather in so many colors. Like this just looks so busy. I th- I think that's a bad look. Yeah. And so, but the, but the, I, the, but the I, problem though is that there are no there are no good alternatives. There's no good. Oh, there's like there's, there's like 15 different analog watch faces, but digital is like there's modular in three different forms of crappy, and then there's solar dial, which I use, which I don't really like either. Yeah, so solar dial was I would say the closest that I found. You know, thanks to you pointing that out. I, so I, I did give that an honest try for a few days, and I, I just I just don't still not great. I don't like it. Yeah, so I'm I'm back I'm back on modular. I I do really wish there was a better digital watch face um yeah. but but there but there's not so oh well and then to, to go back to the record my initial thought was oh uh yeah solar dial is the only one with digital time that doesn't feel like a kpi dashboard on your wrist no but in terms of like oh yeah but i mean yeah so in terms of watch faces like uh solar dial with the current date which is a shortcut to calendar activity rings the timer and sunset sunrise I feel is the least busy yet most useful set of like customizations you can make to the watch. Like for you, I, I again, I know you, you, you and Jason love, love the weather a lot. What are your other complications? Um, so I've got t- a timer complication. I've got streaks, activity, and OmniFocus. Hmm. Is Omni? I haven't used OmniFocus on the watch in forever. Is it any better with syncing with the phone? No, it's still broken. <laughs> same same way that Slack <laughs> notifications are broken, and somehow for me, have actually seemingly gotten worse now that I'm on iOS 17. I didn't know that was even possible, but oh, yeah. I just don't get Instagram. Or, I'm sorry, I don't get Slack notifications. Like I don't have the persistent uh, unread badge anymore, but it also just doesn't notify oh, still, me of any messages. I still have that too for it's been over a year now still still in my work slack still have a single unread yeah it's it's bad yeah all right uh the apple pay screen is slightly prettier i think that's literally the only thing i could say about watch os 10 that's better like just the way we double click it they they all float in nicely it's pretty 
what what what, what, is, else. what is that just double click the button to apple pay and your cards oh, flow. oh it's oh, prettier that's it, that's the only positive if you can't say anything nice don't say anything except all the stuff i said but like it's the only nicer thing about watch os 10 yeah that's that's right We'll have a link in the, or yeah, if you can put a link in the show notes to this article that I linked from uh, Craig Hockenberry, the of Icon Factory and uh, Twitterific notability. The timer app is one of the most used watch apps for me, and it is so many orders of magnitude shittier now, and it's it's really a bummer, and I'm sad that it's going to take a year for them to maybe slightly improve it do you at all know what i'm complaining about i i have not had much of an opportunity to use timers since i've upgraded to watch os 10 so i've not really experienced this yet but i i did i did look at this okay so are you wearing your watch i'm I'm actually not at the moment okay well if, if you if you tap the timers thing previously it would show you one, it would allow you to cut. Actually, I think he has a great uh, illustration here. So, yeah, if you scroll about halfway down the thing, on the old one, the first thing was, hey, set a timer to whatever you want. And then in digital form, it had like three to five of your most recent timer counts. And for me, I'm always setting timers for either three, 15, or 30 minutes. And that was fine. And then if you scrolled a little bit further down, it had those pre made timers, which when it initially launched, I actually didn't like them, but actually they were right. These are the most frequently used times and it makes the most sense. But now, like aesthetics trumping all, I guess, everything is now, it's not digital anymore. Like it kind of is, but the icon, like your recents is now just like four big ass circles and you have to scroll. Like, and if, if you happen to watch, want a timer that is not your four most recent things, you have to like swipe like three times to get it's so bad and i, I it's a bummer when something like because that 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 is what my apple watch is it's a fitness tracker a thing i sometimes use to tell the time and a thing to set timers and a thing to pay for groceries at whole foods that is what the watch is to me and one of the key features is now super hard and annoying to use and that sucks yeah it's a shame yeah all right um Sonoma, I, 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 my Macs are the most important computing device I own, so I never update my OS quickly. You said you have, but aren't really using any of the features, but nothing's gone wrong, basically? Yeah, yeah, basically. All right, so I'll update maybe, maybe Valentine's Day next year. All right. Uh, iOS 17. Do you have any thoughts, or can I just complain about the camera for a while no you go, go for it um there's no okay. there hasn't really been anything that's super stood out to me about ios yeah um so as part of the so i i still don't have a 15 pro yet i'm going to be getting a 512 iphone 15 pro when it comes out in natural titanium but that will be later but with the announcement a few things. So I'm going to send you a link, and I've already uploaded it to Imgur, so you can put this in the show notes. There was this very, very weird slide in the presentation. So when they were talking about, I think the order of operations was they had, they, they were talking about the camera. So they talked about the 15 Pro 
last, right? Right. Yeah. So they had already talked about the 15 having basically inherited the camera of the 14 Pro, and they would also now have this kind of 24 megapixel photonic engine kind of like best case down sampling thing of a 48 megapixel sensor. And then on the 15 Pro, <clears throat> same general situation, but you do get the, the, the three camera lenses. And on the 15 Pro Max, the third, the zoom camera lens is uh, no longer a 3X camera, which was most typically mirroring a 70 to 75 millimeter focal length. Instead, it was a 5X um, zoom, which most closely mirrors 120 millimeters, if I'm not mistaken. But when you go into the camera on an iPhone, you generally, you'll get the little shortcuts where you either do a 0.5 for the ultra wide. On my 14 Pro, I'm seeing 1, 2, and 3X. And I have always had complicated feelings about the 2X camera because it's not actually, like, it's entirely digitally sampled. And it's not even a crop mode of the sensor. It's a crop mode that also is using perspective shifts to make it a more like a because you you have you have a 35 and a 50 and an 85 millimeter lens for your camera right right and you even as somebody who's not like super in the weeds about photography you can tell that there is something flatter or more standard looking about images you get from the 85 beyond just the zoom for, right for sure yeah okay that is one thing that with the 2x and kind of these simulated modes it's not just that the phone, the phone is choosing to crop for you because I think like a lot of people are like, well, why would you ever use the two X? You would just take a one X photo and you can crop later. It's both. It's giving you a different framing perspective and it's doing that crop first, but it's also using different geometry and perspective shifts to give you something that most cl more clearly represents what a 50 millimeter flatter natural zoom lens would look like, which I have over time come to appreciate but with the the 15 pro and the i don't does i don't know if the regular 15 gets this feature but with that 48 megapixel sensor on the main camera they now have like one 1.2 and 1.4 x modes that they have instead renamed to being 24 28 and 35 millimeter modes which I thought was kind of interesting and kind of like maybe too specific for a general audience. But like if, if, if Apple is bringing f like photography principle principles and that type of stuff to the mass, like that's, I think that's cool. But one, we'll talk about more like about the actual stuff, but this slide is so weird because again, you, you, you own a 35 millimeter and an 85, you know, the difference between those lenses here, the difference between a 24, a 28 and a 35 millimeter lens is quite minor in most situations and this slide is bananas it makes absolutely no sense but anyway with your 15 pro have have you used any of those 1 to 1.4 x modes like is is this feature of any use to you i've tapped through them just to kind of see them but but as i've been <clears throat> shooting with my phone i've i've not I've not been like toggling between them. No. 
I think when you're not in a must-get photo situation, again, as somebody who doesn't have the phone yet, I think it would be interesting to experiment with. And you might find that you maybe prefer something that more closely mirrors a 35. So you don't get kind of those wide angle edges. Um, and apparently in the settings, it is possible to choose one of those as your like default main camera, like crop right. or whatever. Yep. Which is, which is, which is a nice, which is a nice thing. Yep. My, so I've had many complaints before about how much like the deep fusion and the oversaturated like there's many reasons to complain about the iPhone camera. I haven't had a lot of experience with the 15 pro camera hands on. Most of the reviews say it's fine. Like, and again, MKBHD's review accurately talks about like, it's not really possible to compare iPhone cameras one generation to another because just so much of what the final image ends up being is so software influenced that you can't even ever really attribute whether or not it was the lens or the sensor that was actually better. But the camera on these phones is supposed to be a little bit better. But yeah, that that the twenty four twenty eight thirty five thing I think is actually very very interesting, and I'm a kind of excited about that. But again, just that that slide was so weird. The only thing that I want to really bring up is that we'd had this generation where like the the 10s Max never had a better camera, right? No, it it, it like like did, the seven plus it? the seven plus and the eight plus like that was the difference. Like the iPhone eight oh, never right. got the two X lens. But the 10 and the 10s, or sorry, the 10s, and because there was no 10 Max, you're no, the, you're 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 right, yeah, yeah. But then we went for a few years where there was feature parity, and now like Plus Club and Max people are super jazzed that their phone is better than other people's. But is it better? I, this is the weird thing where in every review, just all the online discourse is just so confounding to me, where. Maybe it's just like the crotchety old man photographer kind of coming out, but like, why has nobody ever experienced a zoom lens before? Like, I mean, a 120, like something like in, in traditional cameras, there's like not really such a thing as a 120. There's a 105 and a 135 and other things like that. But as you, as you cited when you're talking about your limited experience with it is 5X is a heck of a lot for like a zoom to the point where it's impractical in most situations, correct? Correct. So I don't get why so many people are so so excited like what on earth are you what what type of stuff are you taking pictures of where that is a make or break type of thing in your photography where people are like, well if you're thinking about the 15 Pro, this 5X camera is really quite something and I think you should consider this like I I don't know, I just I just don't get that appeal at all if like if if they did want to differentiate in that way i think like had the 15 pro max had four camera lenses like if there was a ultra wide the main camera a 3x and a 5x i think that would be really something impressive but you know how you now have this massive gap in terms of actual optical zoom lengths that doesn't really make sense and i think once the novelty wears off i can't imagine anybody being that excited about a five because if you're actually taking a picture of something like if you're taking a picture of like your daughter you would have to step so far back Mm -hmm. for the 5x to be of any use to you so unless you're taking a picture at a concert or like a football like i i just don't 
I, I don't know. It just, it just confuses the hell out of me why everybody is so excited about this lens when I think they just are happy because it's different. But also Android phones have had impractically long zoom lenses before. Like, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it confuses me where, I mean, hell, I even think like I, I miss having an actual proper 2X optical zoom because like I think the 3X is kind of you have to step too far back if you're actually framing a picture of a person. But I don't know. This that that's the only part about this upgrade cycle that has been very confusing to me. But. Yeah, I mean, I I would say the you know even like the <clears throat> the eighty five millimeter lens that I have on my fancy camera, you know, you've, you've got to have a lot often, of you got to have a lot of space to use that lens, right? Yeah, off, often not practical for indoor use. Totally. Or you or well, I mean, if it forces creativity right. to a degree because you you have to because you're not going to get a full body shot. Like you have to, you're not going to get the whole person in the frame. So get get creative. Yep. But yeah, no, like that, that, and this, the one hundred, like it doesn't, the, I don't, again, I don't have the phone. Doesn't it like literally have like a, like a, like, like a map to show you where I, in like real space you are? I was, so I, it's funny you bring that up. I was just thinking about that now and I, I, I don't know if that's like turned off by default. Cause I, I don't see that when I use the, when I use the five X, but like, that's also weird. Like, I mean, to, to have to be like, hey, this this zooms so impractically far for a phone that you not like, I get it, but I don't think this is somehow like this new game changing creativity. Like, I mean, a one a 135 is like I, the 135 1.8 GM Sony lens that I have is one of my favorite lenses. It is also so specific to when it's appropriate that I somehow don't get how everybody with a smartphone is somehow gonna love something that 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 is that long and tight a zoom. I don't know. Yep. All right. Any other apples left to round it out? Or are we good? Um. No. I think think we hit on all the big stuff. All right. Um. You got a special for me? Yeah, I do. Um. It's actually one of yours. I'm just going to recycle it, but I wanted to, to call it out here. And I, yeah, I know you like that. Um, so you, we talked about um, my camera travel bag situation. And in response, you recommended this Think Tank Retrospective 4 shoulder bag. And so I, I didn't, didn't end up trying that. I brought it with me to a recent trip to Southern California. Really nice. Really nice. Yeah. Um, it's a little, a little floppy, but it's nice. Yeah, I mean, I still, you know, I still like the the um, Peak Design sling for you know most use, like when I'm around the you know home in the area. But when I'm when I'm traveling, this um, this Think Tank bag is um, is really nice, and I, I like the um, the pine stone color, a little different. Is that the green? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for the recommendation. Sure thing. So we forgot something and we're going to kick it to the next show, but uh, TVOS whatever version and FaceTime for Apple TV is a game changer. It is so cool. We're going to save that. I don't think, I don't but, think I've upgraded TVOS yet. I don't think I, have, I haven't used my Apple TV in, in a while. I do like that. I think this, this has been kind of a running joke on the show is that you will frequently tell me that Apple TV has control center on it. And I never knew how to how to actually engage it. Mm-hmm. It is now in an obvious place. Like there's now like like an actual clock on Apple TV, and there's now an easy way to get to a control center. But so we will talk about 
Oh man, as somebody who hates non-work like FaceTime calls because I'm just always so self-conscious about how I'm holding my laptop or whatever, uh this thing is amazing. But I do have a Amazon product link. Actually, I have two. Um I'll send you this one. I did not get it in gold. I don't know why it's coming up with that weird color. And yeah, this this is what I was going to ask you with the whole FaceTime thingy. Like, where do you like where do you put your or continuity camera, or whatever? Like, where do you put your phone? So I so I just have like a, I don't have I don't do a wall mount um, for my TV anymore. So I just have my TV, and then I have the sound bar right in front of it. So there's two things. So one, I bought both of these not knowing which was going to be the right fit. And the first one is a product that doesn't have a real name. The Bidpons. Foldable <laughs> aluminum. Uh, whatever, whatever. This thing, I just have it propped up on the soundbar. It's, it's black. It looks, oh, apparently only gold and rose gold are available. So there was a plain black version available at some point in time. But you just, you just pop your phone on it. Uh, facing with the cameras facing out against you. Uh, this is the one product that center stage actually works great with. Like it frames you up perfectly in a video quality is great. Um, so no, so for home theater use or like living room use, this is what I would recommend. It's nine dollars. It's fantastic. And then I had never tried continuity camera with my Mac either, and I had to take a call from my from not my laptop or, or just better suited because it was gonna be a long one for my desk. And then I forgot how God awful the studio display camera was. And, uh, no, I also got the dual kin duo continuity camera mount. And this also is great. It just has a little adhesive thing that you stick to the back of your monitor. It rotates. Uh, you can just pop your phone on it and works great. So I will have more about like the actual features and how like the FaceTime thing works the next time. But these two things are get my okie dokie. They're they're fantastic. So they're well worth the fifteen and nine dollars, respectively. You don't have any apprehension about the adhesive on the back of your fifteen thousand dollar monitor? Like in terms of will it remove uh, carefully? Yeah. Well, I already think, well, so no, I don't just because the t- it's got like that nice, like 3M stuff. So it's, it's not like bad adhesive. I like it. It's the kind of adhesive that I've used before that I know it takes some elbow grease to get off, but it's not gonna, it's not like the, like that adhesive that's like big league chew that will just disintegrate into a thousand pieces. It's it'll, it'll come off. But also I'm at peace with the fact that nobody in their right mind would buy a used studio display because it's a it was a stupid purchase new and it's a dumb purchase used so i'm i'm at peace with the fact that whenever they come out with a better one of this monitor i will be able to sell this for like 140 dollars instead of the 1600 that i paid oh but then also you you sent me pictures of like your phone just magnetically attached to oh yeah your OLED. Again, well so we'll, we'll we'll cover that next week or okay. when we talk about this more in depth but uh, just as a heck of it, I was like kind of thinking like, what is the angle? And then at, I don't know if it's MagSafe or it's the Peak Design case I have on my phone. It just sticks to the back of oh, that the would, LG that would, TV. That would make me, I, I'm, I'm getting anxious just looking at these pictures, both, both for your phone and your television. 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it held for a while. The angle is not just kind of like in terms of like how you t- I, I don't know how to take a selfie, but apparently you're not supposed to shoot from above. So therefore, I actually do think that's probably not a great angle. Uh, so no, the, the soundbar mount or like propping it up is probably a better idea. I know it's so great. It's so nice to be able to like just like be on a FaceTime call with somebody, be able to walk to the kitchen to get a spin drift and just not worry about it. Like it just it it's so much better than chatting on a laptop. So good. All right. We'll talk about it later.